0: Well good morning. <clears throat> good to see you this morning. Don't I sound good? <laughs> I was rejected from the Frogs Union yesterday. They would not let me in but I'm still here and glad to be here today. So praise team, I'm relying heavily on them this morning and you as you lift your voices in just a few moments. But I want to recognize our treasurer Mark Brown this morning a very
1: important announcement. God is good. All the time, God is good. Amen. I've got exciting news for all of you Popper Springs people this morning. My name is Mark Brown, and I'm the treasurer here. A church family contacted me this week and would like to issue a challenge to you all about retiring our debt. Our current balance is $191,000. Look just a tad over that. This family has committed to matching All gifts to our next Sacrifice Sunday offering on May 29th to pay against our debt. This family will match up to one half of our debt. Y'all, that's $95,500. If we do this, friends... And Poplar Springs will be debt free. <laughs> Praise God. I want to close with a short passage from 2 Corinthians 9, verses 7 and 8. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound or excel and every good work. Amen. Thank you and praise God. To the.
0: Thank you. I don't know about you, but I've already been blessed this morning by the singing of the choir, by the announcement that Brother Mark made. I mean, if you want to see a Scotsman, just get all up in it. Start talking about money. And so we've done that today, and God is going to retire that debt. How many of you believe that? Well, there's three people who believe it. How many of you believe it on this side? Amen. Well, let's stand together and let's continue to praise Him for His faithfulness is great today.
2: Good morning, church. So good to see each of you. Hey, do me a favor. Stand up. Stand up. And if you're uncomfortable shaking somebody's hand or hugging the neck, just give them a fist pump. Or a fist pump. Not, don't pop them in the face, all right? But if, you, if you're if you okay with that, greet somebody. Let somebody know you're glad to see them today, all right? There you go. That's good. Welcome somebody. Give somebody a smile. Give them a hug. There you go. Amen. Hey, and while you're standing, while you're standing, reach over and grab a copy of God's Word. You can use a Bible, like I've got a Bible, or if you've got a device, I want you to take that device and find a copy of the Scriptures, First Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and hold either your Bible or a device up and say this with me. This is the Bible. It is God's holy, valid, and errant, perfect, life-giving, life-changing Word. And I want to read from First Thessalonians 4. Now, you know, I've been trying to... Um, preach through a chapter i'm not going to do that today and by the way before i forget joy thank you for preaching last week i listened to it you did a fantastic job aren't you thankful for that brother amen just did a super job i don't even need to be here you've got plenty of preachers all right don't even need to be here you've got some great men of god here and uh, but thank you for sharing last week so i'm just going to take you now i'm not going to get you all that. i'm going to get through verse eight, maybe. Next Sunday's Palm Sunday, and I'm going to pick up in verse 9. We're going to talk about brotherly love and no greater example of that than in Jesus Himself. Amen? And then we're going to get the rest of the chapter on Easter Sunday. How about that? I bet you've never been, probably never been, at an Easter service that the preacher preached out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But you're going to have a first. Because in that chapter or in that verse, uh, we're going to talk about for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Amen. So we're just going to hunker down. So I'm not going to a different place. We're just going to keep digging down deep right where we've been in the word. Isn't God good? Mark, you're right. He really is good all of the time. Finally, then brothers. We ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God just as you are doing that you do so more and more for you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus for this is the will of God your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger in all these things as we hold you there beforehand and solemnly warn you for God has not for imputed holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Father, thank you for who you are and all that you are doing. God, thank you that you give us health and strength, breath, life today. God, that we could come and gather, Lord, in this building as a body of believers. God, to hear your word proclaimed, sing to you praises unto your name. To worship you, God, even in our giving of tithes and offering, To worship you, God, through the preaching of your word. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to come. You are the only spirit of truth. And Father, we want your truth to be on display today. Lord, I'm asking you if the enemy has sent a spirit here to to blind, to to kill, to distort in any way the truth of the gospel. God, I, I ask right now, God, that that spirit be removed from this place, and that God, we would have a spirit of freedom here today. As you speak to us, your truth, God, that we would see where we are in light of who you are. And God, if we need repentance, then may repentance come. God, if we need to glorify your name, then let us glorify your name. Lord, whatever you want to do in this moment, we ask that you do for no other reason than your glory and that your honor, your gospel and fame would be on display. And Lord, we ask that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. We're going to continue in this series, Living Like Eternity Matters. And today, I want to center on the thought about gospel centered living. Gospel centered living. And uh, yesterday was a beautiful day. I don't know about here, but in Colombia, it was a beautiful day. I know that's hard to believe that there's beautiful days in Colombia. But it was. It was absolutely gorgeous. And I wanted to get outside yesterday. I feel like I'd been inside, been in a car, traveling, all these meetings and things. And man, I was so ready to be outside. I wanted to feel the sunshine. I wanted to sweat a little bit. And so I got out. And I'm telling you, it was so much fun. I discovered something. I knew it, but I discovered it all over again. And here's what I discovered. You can have the best weeds in the world and you don't have to do anything. Did you know that? I mean, you don't have to hit a lick at a snake and you can have the best patch of weeds you have ever seen. You don't have to spend any time with them. You don't have to water them. You just let them go and they will do their thing, right? But if you want to have some flowers and you want to have a, a garden and you want to see something beautiful and productive, you know what you got to do? you got to get in that thing and you got to work that thing and you've got to spend some sweat and you've got to get in there and go, go, go. And you know what? The Lord reminded me of that yesterday. And so I was sweating and I was digging, but it sure did look good after it was done. So today I may not say anything that is new revelation to you whatsoever. But what I do think will be shared today is something that all of us need to be reminded of. And that is God wants us living in His will. If I were to ask you today, how many of you want to live in the will of God? Well, of course, all of our hands would probably go up, right? I mean, who in their right mind would would argue against that, right? do you think about it. So let me just do it. How many of you want to live in God's will? Okay, well, that's all of us. Now, if we start digging down into that a little bit, we're all at different places, and maybe there's different things that we wonder, well, what is God's will concerning? And you could just fill in the blank. What is God's will concerning my job? What is God's will concerning, you know, uh, if you're single and you're you're thinking, okay, what is God's will when it comes to 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 being married or or finding that someone special, or, or maybe you're a parent. You say, okay, what is God's will when it comes to parenting? So so you, you you really have to dig in the Word of God to really understand His heart and to know what His will is at times. But today it is like we can know part of God's will, and God's just going to lay it right out in front of us. And that's a good thing. So the first thing I want you to see in this text is this. God's will is always confirmed through His Word. I I don't care what you're dealing with. God's will is always confirmed through His Word. I love how this fourth chapter starts. He says, Finally, then, brothers. I love the fact that He used the word brothers. Such grace... Filled words. It's the seventh time in this letter that the Apostle Paul has used the term to speak to those at Thessalonica as brothers. And you know what? He's going to do it ten more times before this letter is complete. Now you've got to remember, why that, you say, Kim, why are you making such a big deal about that? Because it is a big deal. You've got to remember, here is a Jew speaking to Gentiles and he calls them brothers. you know what the gospel does? The gospel reconciles. Amen? So the gospel reconciles. It brings us together. I bet you know this little song. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. How many of you know this song? Okay? And I bet you sang it. Here's what I've discovered. I've discovered a lot of people sing the song, but they really don't mean it. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight, as long as they go to their own church. Are you with me? I'm going to tell you, that is not grace-centered living. That is the height of, Of hypocrisy. And I hope that's never named among the believers here at Popper Springs. Brethren. Finally then, brothers, we ask and encourage you in the Lord Jesus. So there's something He's asking. That there's something He wants from them. He says, I urge you, the word there is to exhort, to encourage, to come alongside. It's a word that He's used. Uh, he, he's already used it in chapter 2, verse 12. We exhorted each of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a man- manner worthy of God. He said it again in 3 verses. Verse 2. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith. It, it, you know, I saw this happen the other night. You know, South Carolina, that's, that's my team. Just, just, you know, that's my team And they were up the other night. I was watching the ladies play, and they were up. And all of a sudden, you know, Louisville went on a run. And then Dawn Staley calls a timeout. And what does she do? She comes alongside her players. She begins to encourage. And I know what some of you are thinking. You said, "Ken, that's the ladies' team." But but here's the deal. That's the only university of South Carolina playing for a championship right now. (laughs) So I'm using that as an illustration this morning. All right. Say, well, what about Duke? What about North Carolina? I could care less about Duke and North Carolina. South Carolina, baby. South Carolina. <laughs> so she calls a timeout, comes alongside. Why? Because she's been there. And she's able to settle them down. She's encouraged them, exhorted them to do what they practice hour after hour to do. And then what happens? They come out victorious. So, so there's a stronger context here. This is not about a game. This is about life. And the apostle Paul is saying, you are my brothers in Jesus because the grace of God has been extended to you. And and I want you to walk well pleasing to God. The word walk there literally means to walk. It is this progression. It's the context of life. How you conduct yourselves. How that you live. It has always been the will of God that we be well pleasing to God. Even in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 10, 12 and 13 says this. Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God. To walk in His ways. To love Him. To serve the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and keep his commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I'm commanding you today for your good. And so the apostle Paul is not kind of introducing something that's different or foreign to God's people. No, God has always wanted his people walking with him to be in harmony, to be in step with him so in second corinthians 5 7 he says this for we walk by faith and not by sight. Galatians 5.16. But I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. All through the book of Ephesians. He says to walk in love. Walk as children of the light. How you walk, not as unwise, but wise. Colossians 2.6. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Do you understand that your Christian experience is not just one step, but it's a life full of steps. And so the idea behind what the Apostle Paul is saying is, I want you to keep moving forward in your walk and in your relationship with Jesus. You are brothers. And I'm encouraging you to keep walking. Keep moving. I'm old enough to remember what it's like to drive a car without power steering. Does anybody here know what I'm talking about? Okay, some of you you are old enough to know what that means, okay? And, And I'm going to tell you, the only... The steering was always easier when the car was moving forward. Somebody say amen. amen. I mean, you would strain and strain and strain to get that wheel to turn. And thank God for power steering. But the goal is this. The more you are walking and moving forward, the easier it is to navigate your Christian experience. And what I love about this text, he says to him, hey, you've been doing that. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us, what did He receive? He received instructions from the Lord. That is the Word of God. So God's will is always confirmed through His Word. And He's saying this, you've heard the Word, you have lived the Word, but don't stop living the Word. How you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing that you do so more and more. Can I tell you something, church? Set up and listen close. You cannot rest in your past victories. Where you are in this transitional work, if you're not careful, you will, you will drift. You will put it in neutral. And you will only think about what you have done in the past. You cannot rest in the past. You cannot even rest in your past victories. Did you realize that an unprotected strength will become your greatest weakness? You have not arrived as a Christian and you have not arrived as a church. I had a pastor tell me that one time. Stone flight crazy. I was pastoring over at Rocky Creek on Woodruff Road and things were blowing and going at the time. And Dr. Fred Wolf, I extended an invitation for him to come and to preach and he came and preached and he came. And I'm telling you, it was one of those days. We were in two services at that time. I'm talking two services and still we had to grease them up to get them in. It was elbow to elbow and he was sitting on the front row right beside Pat and all of our kids because they always sat on the front and all the teenagers were down. And I'm just telling you, he was very, very
3: uncomfortable
2: because there was too many people occupying his space. And so we go to lunch. I take him back to the hotel and he's getting ready to go to another speaking engagement. And, and we got ready to get out of the car. Here's what he said, Scott. He said, "He said, brother, I've enjoyed the day. It was wonderful. There's, There's no doubt that God's got his hand on you and your church. But I think the Lord wants me to tell you something. And I thought, oh my goodness, he's just going to tell us something so wonderful. This is going to be so good. And he looked at me and said, you ain't arrived yet. Knocked all the strut right out of me. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes we need the strut knocked out of us. Amen? And, church, do you feel the weight of what Paul's saying? Because you need to feel it today. Papa Springs hasn't arrived. We haven't arrived. There's still more that God wants to do. Thank you for your faithfulness in the past. Thank God you have a foundation that is good. Thank God for that, right? But you can't rest in that. And neither can you personally as you walk with God as an individual. You can't rest in your past victories. You, you, you've gotta let the word define what you do and how you think and, and there's a laser focus in our text today. It is the will of God that you be pure. It is the will of God. So today, I, I, I can't answer any other question out of this text except for this. If you want to know the will of God when it comes to holiness, if you want to know the will of God when it comes to purity, if you want to know the will of God and how to keep yourself honorable for Him, then we are in the right place at the right time in the right text. It is the will of God. So God defines for us what purity is. And if you don't take God's Word and let it guide you when it comes to purity, and especially sexual purity, then I'm telling you, you will rest in your flesh and your flesh will fail you. And then you will begin to justify a lot of things. Vance Haber used to call it getting used to the dark. You ever go Isn't it is funny, if I want to take Pat to a really nice restaurant, this is, this is a funny thing, okay? So, so I'm going to take her somewhere really nice. Like, I'm not going to take her to Hardee's. All right? I mean, we could go to Hardee's or we could go, but I want to take her somewhere really, really nice. Have you ever noticed the really nice places are really, really dark? It's like, you know, for what they charge, they should at least pay their power bill. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so you go in, but, but in about 15 minutes, guess what? It doesn't feel dark. Why? Because optical, you've adjusted. And Vance Havner was right. If you operate in your flesh when it comes to purity, you will get used to the dark. And you'll begin to justify and to rationalize. So it is the will of God that His Word shape us. Number two, God's will is always a work of sanctification. I love it because it's right there in the text. For this is the will of God, verse 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. So the focus today is laser sharp. Now, parents, don't get alarmed. I'm not going to say anything that I think that would would, would cause you any grief. But I am going to preach the text. Do you, do, you, do you understand where I'm going? I'm not going to dodge this text. I, I believe a preacher should preach the whole counsel of the Word of God. So I can do it tastefully and I can do it a way that you may have a question, but it'll be a fair question later. So every parent here, just take a deep breath. All right. It's a major theme. It's a part of being sanctified. And so, so what we find in here is that if I want to be sanctified, if I want to grow in my relationship with Jesus, if I want to look more and more like Jesus, then I'm going to heed the Word of God when it says that you abstain from sexual immorality. In other words, God has a set of guidelines. Somebody say amen. And as long as you stay within those guidelines, guess what? Life is really good. It's like playing a game of Monopoly. There's rules for Monopoly. But you can't take rules from Yahtzee and try to play Monopoly. So you you can't say, I want to know the will of God, but I'm going to do my own thing. You can't say, I want to do the will of God, but I'm going to do it my way. Here's the key to what I'm saying. And I want you to really hear this. You can't be in the will of God and disobey God's Word. Now let that sink in. You you can't say I'm in the will of God when I'm disobeying God's Word. I cannot tell you how many times as a pastor, especially in the area of marriage and courtship, that I've had people come to me and they would say, Hey, pastor, can you counsel us? We're going to get married. And I say, well, sure, I'll do that. And they come in and you discover that one or both of these folks are lost as a ball in high weeds. And some folks, I've said, hey, you, you understand that you're a professing believer. And here, here's the deal. You know what God says about marrying an unbeliever. And I, I, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't pull any punches with that. I'm just, just laying it out there. And you, would, you, you, you just wouldn't believe how many times somebody has looked at me and said, well, 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 PK, I know what the Bible says, but... Whatever is on the other side of but... Cannot be good. (laughs) As though that I know what the Bible says, but God told me it's okay. No, friend. No. That kind of thinking is not in accordance to the will of God because it's not in accordance to the Word of God. And so Paul's admonishment here is... Hey, it's a call to fight. For this is the will of God. Your sanctification, your change, your progression, your forward movement in holiness. That you abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Not in the passion of lust. It's a call to battle. To fight. Verse 4 literally says, how you handle your physical desires and temptations will affect your spiritual condition. Let each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in passions and lusts like the Gentiles. What does he mean by that? He's saying this, if you choose to do whatever you want to do instead of what God says to do, it will ruin your Christian witness. Don't lose your witness. Verse 6 and 7, don't miss out on God's best for a temporary pleasure. I have a letter in my storage. I say storage, it's our garage, but it's more like a storage unit right now than it is a garage. And in all those files, somewhere I have a letter that I got years ago. And it was a mass letter that went out to pastors all over the nation. And it was a letter written by Dr. Johnny Hunt to pastors and this other pastor had given him permission to write this letter. I won't go into all of it, but bottom line is this. Here was a Southern Baptist pastor who began to think he knew more about himself and what to do and how to act than God's Word did. And instead of just allowing God's will to sanctify him in truth and to abstain from sexual immorality, he started watching things he shouldn't watch on TV. He started calling numbers that he shouldn't call. And then in those chats, he began to dangle the bait. And in a revival meeting, there was a secretary who said, yeah, I like that bait. And and they met somewhere. And in just a matter, that one experience... Here's what happened. That pastor lost his wife. He lost his kids. He lost his ministry. He lost everything. And he asked Dr. Hunt, because of his platform and because of his character, to write a letter to every other Southern Baptist pastor in the nation to say, decisions that you make today are going to be the realities that you will live with tomorrow. And I don't know if I'm speaking to a man or a woman who's married, single, a young adult, but I guarantee you there is somebody under the sound of my voice this morning and the Holy Spirit just pricked your heart and said, you better listen. Don't miss out on God's best for a temporary pleasure. Don't let your rebellion and self-rule override grace and God's will and plan for your personal sanctification. Last thing I'll say is this. God's will always brings true satisfaction. So i got some questions. I'm going to end today with questions. Did you know Jesus asked a lot of questions? If you really think about it, He taught and He used a lot of questions. I, just one day when you've got time, start just get in the Bible, go to the red letters, find where Jesus is speaking, find where somebody questions Jesus, And you know what Jesus does when he's questioned? He asks them a question. <laughs> I mean, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. So I got some questions. Are you truly satisfied with Jesus? I mean? Seriously, are you satisfied? Are you bored with God? Are you satisfied in Him? I, I, I think that if I could boil the last part of this text together, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness, the idea of holiness to be cut, to be separate, to be set apart, Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you, are you satisfied with Jesus? Are, 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 are there some decisions that you know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about right now? And you, you gotta make some you, you gotta make a choice. Am I gonna pursue holiness? Am I going to pursue Jesus? or am I going to gratify the desires of my flesh? Can I just be so transparent with you today? I, I have struggled. I, I, could, I could take you back in the rearview mirror of my life and, and share with you struggle after struggle after struggle. And sometimes, I've discovered that I was setting myself up for failure. And so one of the greatest days of my life is when I took my laptop outside and beat the daylight out of it. I'm not kidding. I took a hammer, and I beat that thing to a pulp. Say, so Ken, why did you do that? Because it was too. at that moment in my life, it was too much of a temptation. And every man in this room knows exactly what I'm talking about. And if you tell me that you don't, I will call you a liar. And the truth is, it's not just for men. It's for, for ladies, it's for all of us. And I'm telling you, there could be somebody here today and you've got, to, you've got to make a decision. But you need to know something. The decisions you make today are going to be the realities that you will live with tomorrow. And if you think somehow, someway that you can circumvent God and still be okay, I'm sorry, friend, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. For some of us, we better devote ourselves to God. We've got to devote ourselves to His Word. We've got to devote ourselves to His way. Because there's no other way to be sanctified. There's no other way to be holy. There's no other way to enjoy Jesus. Do you really enjoy Jesus? In John 15, he says, "If if if you obey my commands and know my love, he says, you can have joy. Your joy can be full. Are you really enjoying Jesus? Do you have joy in your soul? You gotta decide some things. You gotta quit playing games. You gotta discover what causes you to fall. Identify it. Learn from it. Avoid it. There's some of you here, you already know exactly what that is. The Holy Spirit has identified that thing. You don't have the strength in yourself to overcome it. And you tried, and you tried, and you tried. And you've come to this altar a
3: thousand
2: times. Say, Lord, I'm sick of it. I'll never do it again. And ten minutes later, somebody, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? The very thing that you cannot stand. Why? You just keep setting yourself up for it. It's like the teenager. I'll never forget as a youth pastor one day, his kid came to me. And here's what he said. He said, Ken, I don't want to ask you a question. I said, Well sure, far away. What's your question? He said, You know he said, You know my past, you know my history. I said, Okay, yeah. And and, and his he had a real issue with, with, with alcohol at, at a young age. And I said, okay, yeah, I'm with you. And he said, well, I've I've been invited to this party and I know there's going to be alcohol, so what should I do? Now, that was a legitimate question. And I gave him a legitimate answer. I said, that's an easy one. Don't go to the party. Some of you in this room... Are struggling just like that teenager. And today could be the day that God would liberate you by His grace. And that you would taste and experience grace-centered living. That you realize, here's an area in my life and in my flesh I do not have the strength to avoid. Hey, that's a good thing. You've just identified something. Now give that thing to Jesus. And do whatever it takes to get rid of it. If that means taking every TV out of your house, listen, how not you rather have character and integrity and a clean walk with God and joy than having a television if a television is causing you problems? No, not many of you. I know. You're just buying time now. I'm telling you. You better learn and identify what it is that you don't have the strength to handle. And, and, and you've got to deal with it. And I would just say last, just stop setting yourself up for failure. Are you satisfied with Jesus? So I don't know where you are. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. And even now you're thinking, well, you know, I really want to respond, but if I respond to the invitation today, everybody in this room is going to think I'm struggling with some kind of sexual, immoral sin. Well, I I get all that. I get all that. That's probably your pride. Pride is rooted in what? Sin. So all you're doing right now is trying to protect yourself. And that's kind of what we do. So instead of becoming real, instead of becoming vulnerable, I so Ken, are you telling me that people actually get that vulnerable? I wish you could have been with us last weekend. Now, I hate, we missed our last weekend. We really did. But we had a commitment that's been on our calendar for a long, long time. And Pat and I went and led a marriage retreat at Ridgecrest. And we had couples that we spent Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with. And we spent time in the Word together. I'm telling you, it was I've never been a part of an experience like that that we went so deep, so quick. There was an incredible level of vulnerability and transparency. We heard couples confessing sin to their mate, asking for forgiveness. It was one of the most redemptive experiences that we have ever been a part of. Because in that moment, here are some couples who knew they were hiding in sin. And they said, I'm sick of sin and I've got to get right with Jesus. And they made the decision. They made that clean break. They stopped hiding. They stopped defending. They took the mask off. And God stepped in and did an incredible work. And I'm telling you, there's some folks in this room, that's exactly what you need. And you're at a very pivotal moment, whether you're going to walk with Jesus, or you're going to continue to operate in the power of your flesh. And again, my question is, are you satisfied
4: with Jesus?
2: So maybe somebody needs to be saved. Maybe somebody needs to be saved from yourself. Maybe somebody today needs to just say, okay, Jesus, here's the deal. You already know everything about me, so I'm gonna agree with you and what you already know, and I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. You don't have to come here to do that. You can do that right where you're standing. I get that. At the same time, there's some of you, you can't do this alone. You can't. And that's why, if, if I can help, I'll help you. If Mark can help, I mean, he would help you. If Scott can help, he would help you. If Joy needs to help you, he will help you. If, if, I mean, we, we've, we've got all kind of ladies here. I'm just telling you, if some of you, you're struggling with this thing that you want nobody else to know about, and it just takes you further down, further Some of you thinking, I didn't come here for this today. <laughs> it's what you need. Trust Him. So Lord, now, in this time of invitation, I have no idea what to do today. And I just confess that to you. Lord, I don't know where to give a public invitation or not to give a public invitation. All I, all I know is that, Lord, I believe with all of my heart... There are some people here today who are struggling exactly where we are in this text. And there are some people who are afraid. They're scared. Or they don't want to go on in sin, but they're scared to come clean. God, I'm asking You today to do a work of grace. I pray that Your Spirit would overpower I pray, God, they would become an overcomer. Lord, I pray today that, that people would be set free from sin and set free from their past. Lord, there's some folks here today that, that maybe that's a part of their past that they just haven't forgiven themselves for. You've washed it under the blood, but they haven't. And Lord, the enemy just keeps pounding them and pounding them and pounding them. And Lord, I just pray that today they would get freedom and be freed up from that. And so Lord, as we just sing, I don't know if... if, But Lord, whatever needs to happen, I'm just asking you to allow it to happen. I know people can come clean right where they're standing, right where they're sitting. But Lord, I know others might need some help. And Lord, we're here to help. I pray that you'd give them strength I pray that your grace Lord would be sufficient and we trust you with it and we trust you for it in Jesus name I'm going to ask you to stand Brother Scott's praise team is going to lead us and if you need me I'll be here but I'm just asking you before you leave today would you do business with Jesus would you do business with Jesus trust him trust him
4: About you, but I believe this is the kind of message that we hear and cannot get away from. And I'm trusting that's the case. And I'm trusting that as we leave here today, that God continues to bring this scripture, these thoughts to our minds. And if during the course of the week you feel like you just need somebody to talk to, We are available all the time. So please feel free to give us a call. As you're leaving today, there will be men at the door to receive the offerings and the black boxes by the portico as you leave are also there if you're more comfortable placing it that way. There's a deacons meeting today. Next week we're going to have a lot of more um, exciting things to tell you, some things that are going to be happening towards the end of April. We're going to talk about Easter. Uh, we're going to talk about some things that God is doing and plans for children in the summertime. Don't miss it. Uh, please make yourself, um, make all the announcements that we have on the things here and also uh, the newsletters. Please take those to heart and read them. It's, uh, we're doing our best to get the word out, but we need you to get in there with us and dig a little bit. And make sure you're seeing everything that comes out. Are you glad you've been here today? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for allowing us to come to your house that you would meet with us. Lord, the scripture says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Lord, you love us. You call us your children and your friends. Lord, I pray that as we've heard this message today, that we'll walk in a manner that's worthy of that if we're going to wear the name of Christian, that you'll be able to tell that about us. I pray that as we go our ways today, that you would just continue to
3: show us your ways and help us to walk in them. In Jesus' name, amen.